I'm excited uh, today uh, about this word. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit um, unorthodox, I guess. Um, but I, I'm going to bring uh, Tiffany on stage uh, at the end of my talk today and um, interview her a little bit. We did this at the nine, and I thought it went across very, very well. And I'm excited. I'm excited um, because in her and in many of you, um, there's something that's brewing in many of us around here. And, and what I mean by that is this. Um, we live in a postmodern culture. If you don't know what that is, I'll spare you the, the Google search a little bit later. More importantly, we live in a postmodern Christian culture. The attendance, uh, church, church attendance, uh, overall uh, church vocabulary vernacular in the everyday is fading. Um, God is under attack. Um, he's been under attack uh, for some time now. Um, how many of you have seen this in society, that the, that the biblical principle of truth is diminishing? Um, and it's because we live in a postmodern society. The industrial age came at the turn of the, of the, uh, the, the uh, 20th century. And, um, and, and we are now living in the age of technology. Um, we are living in some of the most advanced days that uh, we have ever seen. Shara follows people on Instagram, always honing her craft and skill is what she does as far as communications around here. And so to stay current, she follows people, select people who educate um, very well. And one of the things that, that we've learned recently, she brought to me and she said, you know what? She was like, um, listen to this. So I, I tuned into this, um, this video and this, this one guy was saying that, um, that in the last 500 years we have not seen a, a, a communications shift like we've seen ever before. We are living in some amazing days. It is a great time to be alive. Amen? Can you, can you believe that right now? That it is, We are living in days where we have actually seen uh, this device change and revolutionize our world. Now, I don't know about revolutionize. Maybe it hasn't revolutionized yours. Maybe you threw this at your husband last night, and that's not cool. Um, but um, um, maybe if he's not paying attention, then go ahead and just slap it out of his hands or, or disconnect his phone, whatever you need to do. But in no way short, we are living in some amazing times. But comes with those times a lot of given, processed information. We are given a lot of already processed, already deciphered, already computed, and already calculated information. Do you realize that? We don't have to think much anymore. Are you with me? We just go to Google. And we just, what do, what do I need to know about this certain thing? Well, I'm here to say this, that we have to be careful in this age of advancement and technological creativity. Because this is a living, breathing thing. It's not just a book. And all the people said. It's not just a book. It's, a, it's actually the Word, breathed Word of God collected in all of its original intent and empowerment for anyone, whosoever, would come to this book and just position themselves 
in a place to where this book would become active in their life. In the age of technological advancement, we must be careful as to what we come into agreement with on how our spiritual life is uh, progressed and, 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 and made mature. There's one way that I see that our spiritual walk, our Christianity, our relationship with God is processed and, and, and becomes evidence, concrete evidence, and as that evidence takes root and, and life and, and root in our life, and then as we begin to employ it and practice it, it's only done one way. And that's when we walk hand in hand with it as much as we can. I did a poll. Now that we know that we're living in a postmodern, anti-God culture, that's where we're at. And we will see more and more throughout our days that our faith will be challenged. And I'm here to say this, that there are probably two people that will, will, will be exposed one whose life was built on traded information. Don't know the origin. Don't know the thought process. Don't, don't really understand um, why it is what it is. There are countless and hundreds and millions of people sitting in churches today who are just taking traded information. Mistake number one, do not take what I say to the bank. If it's the Word of God, it'll stand, whether Tim Dye preaches it or someone else preaches it. So don't take what I say to the bank. The Bible says this, study and show yourself approved. A worker, one who computes, builds, designs, there's two people. One who is receiving traded information. And I hope what I trade to you today is something that goes far beyond what Tim Dye has the power to sustain. Because my words will not sustain you in your darkest time. My words will not sustain you will not empower you, will not give you clarity. My words will fall far short of what this book and you can do on your own. There's two people. One who are... Who's texting me about that? Wait. Excellent point, Pastor. Okay, cool. Kidding, I don't know who that was. Someone. See, God never receives a text on your time. Two people. The other person who I feel like that in this postmodern, postmodern Christian culture, one is going to stand. 
One is, one is not only going to do stand, but one is going to do exploits for the kingdom. One is going to use creativity in the kingdom standpoint for hope and for peace. And I, and I want that to be me and I want that to be you. I want our lives to be built in A, a reality of what this Word says and B, the truth of what this Word says. I want that. Any pastor who would not want that, get, get another church. I feel like there's a lot of pastors out there who, who are pastoring for performance. We're going to get tired. There's only so much feeling good I can make you feel. Uh, and you're just going to hit a brick wall again and you're going to say, I, 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 where, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm just going to have to keep making you feel good about the brick wall that you keep hitting that God is trying to show you something. Reality, realistic, Bible preaching says there are some walls, but let me tell you something. I've seen Him kick them down. There are some shadows, but I've seen Him light them up. There are some lies, but I've seen Him tell me truth to where I can decipher which is which. Man, I feel that powerfully. And I feel like what's hanging in the balance like what's I feel like I feel like there's a you know it's hard for me to put skin on it but but the Bible does point us to maturity okay to progress on to maturity I feel like there's a lot of people who are stalled out in their maturing in their faith over one issue and that's not letting endurance and perseverance do its work endurance and perseverance must do its work. So much is agriculture in the, in the Bible. God uses the illustration of agriculture. And it's cycle, season, cycle, season after cycle, season. What's happening right now in the, in the agricultural calendar is this. In, in our hemisphere, this side of the, of the equator is this. We've planted the fields and the seed is laying ready to take root. Some of it, even right now, I live up north of town and I pass by the fields all the time and I see the farmers prepare the field, I see them plant the field, and I see now that the seed is in the process of yielding a harvest. But until the seed yields a harvest, there has to be something that happens. The seed and the plant has to come to maturation process. It has to reach its maturation process. It has to reach full maturity for the plant to yield a corn, ear of corn. Are you with me? Same is true in our life. Here's the problem I see. Is that God has planted seeds in our life, even in this season, but we are not patiently persevering to where we are going to see. Let me tell you something. Here is the stark reality of where the church is today, even in this place. There are seeds in you and I's life that has been laying dormant because we are not persevering and enduring to see them come to maturity. In you. Anybody who would tell you that there isn't more is not giving you the full counsel of the gospel. I'm looking at a woman who got out of prison recently. 
I, I told her earlier, I, I, she's in here, and, she, and, she, and I said, you know what, your worship is powerful. You know why her worship is powerful? I feel like. Because God did something in her life that through the persevering and knowing that God is going to get me through. Have we made mistakes? Yeah, you want to throw the first stone? Throw it at me. But this place is not a place of throwing stones. It's a place of building an altar with the stones. Of look what God has done. And the more trials we walk through, the more tribulation we find ourselves in, that's just God handing us another stone not to throw it or beat ourselves or throw it at someone else, but to put on this altar that He's building in our life so that we have a place in our life where we see that this memorial altar is a place where God has met me in my surrender and He's shown me what the meaning of this life is really for. The problem is, we're trying to build a road with our altar when Jesus is the road. The problem is, I swear I'm not trying to go political, but we're trying to build a wall where Jesus has the wall of our salvation. What God is handing us every day is an opportunity to persevere through. So that we understand that A, He's with us, and B, there is something waiting on the other side of our persevering and our experience that we cannot get in this technological, creative world. Google has a lot, but it does not have what God can only bring. Watch this. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also have obtained, he's speaking in past tense right here, people. We, also, we have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. We also are joyful in our sufferings. When we've lost our job, we actually are smiling. When they left us and we were blindsided because um, they couldn't keep their eyes on their own partner and that led them down a road of sin and into a place of an affair, my eyes are still on Jesus and therefore in my afflictions, in my hurt, I'm somehow welling up a peace that's causing me just to smile. How? And not only that, because we know that the, that the heartache, the heartache is the garden. The heartache is the orchard. And if we as Christians are, are living in this, this postmodern culture that the world truly needs to see men and women who have a garden. But if we're willing to follow the ways of the world and not allow Him to plant things in our life, then we too will look like much of the American church. 
harvestless, fruitless. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope, I love this. Hope will not disappoint. You know why? Because realistically, we are not immune to heartache. We are not immune to suffering. We are not immune to trials and temptations. You know how I know this? Because I have a story, and you have a story. But that place, that, that, that what I'm calling that orchard, that garden, that place where God allows something beautiful to grow from a place that we feel like there's nothing that could grow from there. That's a place where many people stand and they look at that and they can't quite see the way God sees. Because too much of their ear is bent on serving themselves. Too much of their ear is bent on just fulfilling the desires in their own heart. Hope will not disappoint us because God, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. I'm here to say this today, that perseverance, endurance has a job. And that when we look at it from that perspective, we actually see with God's eyes why we go through what we're going through. Can I say this? That much of, if not all of, the New Testament was written out of men and women who placed themselves directly in the line of fire. Directly. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. Go read today Hebrews chapter 11. And you will see men and women who have found themselves in situations, but there's a key phrase in there, by faith. Why do we need faith? Somebody. Because if we've got our life mapped out, if we've got everything mapped out like we need it, if, if there's nothing we really need from God, then why would we need faith? Here's why we need faith. Because all of these things produce faith in us. My mom, who's not here, maybe she's watching Sister Janice isn't in the house. She's had knee surgery last Tuesday and she's in recovery. She's doing well. Um, I do know that she is doing well. She had knee surgery and the Lord put this on my heart. I'm going to try to speed through this as quickly as possible because I, I want to make really one point. I want to get Tiffany up here and then we're going to go home. I want to make this point because I believe this point is going to preach. They say when you have a, 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 an operation like on a knee or something that flexes. That when you get done, you have to have therapy on that particular knee. And if you don't put yourself... Now, can you imagine mom had the therapist come by at 9.30 today. Do you think that that was a, a cakewalk? How do you think that felt? Come on, extreme, bad? I mean, some of you guys, I could take it. I, I've, I've worked in the nursing home. I've, I've seen you burly men squall under the, 
the therapist hurts. You know why? Here's why. Because anything that God does in our life where he puts his surgical operation on it and removes something that is not good in our life, perhaps it's a season we walk through, and we embrace that. And we say, God, I, I just give this season over to you. I let go of control. Because the number one problem with men and God is that we want control and don't want him to have it. But see, Janice is in a place right now where she needs therapy. Now, why does she need therapy? Here's why. Because she does not have the full range of motion that she had before surgery. Are you with me? Now watch. Spiritually speaking, perseverance and endurance produce a range of motion in the believer's life that God intends for every one of us to have. Here's the thing. Can you imagine this? That Janice's pain in her knee got to be so bad that her looking down the road, seeing the good pain that she would need to be reinstated into the range of motion that she was created for, did not call it off from having the surgery. How's this important? I feel like if we're not careful, we will allow things in our life to cripple us in a way that we are limited in our range of motion as to the original design that God has put and given us in this Word for our life. So in the spiritual sense, many of us can only flex and move about that much. Now, and any, any, any thought of, of extending the range of motion is too painful. So why? Because we lost someone and we're carrying that pain. Something happened to us that we didn't agree with and we're still upset with God and we're still carrying that pain internally. Look like we got everything going on the outside, but internally we have a pain in here that is preventing us from moving and living and having our being totally in Him because we are not willing to go through the pain of having the motion re-extended so God can teach us that patience, I mean uh, perseverance produces hope and hope produces character. We only have motion to which we push and kick against the limit. I gave a word for our church. A couple of, couple of, that's been two or three weeks now. But that word was this. Now listen closely. I feel like we're in a season right here in our church where God, and, and I preach this around the new wine and wineskin message. No one puts new wine in an old wineskin. Why? The, the old wineskin can't, can't contain it. It's going to break. The point of that is this, and the point of this is what I'm about to say. God is getting ready, and, and what I feel in many people's lives, and it's just only evidence through uh, confirmation of what you're saying to me, is that he's expanding us so much that, let me tell you something, 
there are things in our life that need shaking from the expansion. Show me a person who's willing just to open their self up totally to God and walk through that and trust Him through that and I'll show you a person whose capacity for God is growing and growing and growing. You know why? There's no limit in God. Our, our capacity actually becomes our captivity. I did a poll earlier and a I said something along the lines of none of us raised our hand or anything like that, but it's true. Do you believe that this book has what you need to be an overcomer and successful in life? Do you believe that God created this, canonized this, bound this so that you and I could spend time in this and grow in our relationship with God? Well, then why is this the last thing that we do in our week? I'm some, I'm not, I know, ripping me apart. Why, why is this the thing that lays in our car from week to week? Why are other apps on our phone opened up more than your version? If, if we agree that this thing right here has everything I need in order to be successful, and it does, and there are many in this room who could testify and say, the Word of God has gotten me through and will get me through. Then why is it that so many believers just shelf it when we leave out of the room? You know why? Because we're not willing to speak into ourselves and say, listen, you are going to get in shape. Listen, you are are going to do this. If it kills you, we're going to do this. And I want to see wet equity produce character. Trials and hardships actually develop a better me, a more Christ-like me. When we hit obstacles, and every one of us will, most of us will stall out instead of persevering through. There's a difference between time-oriented healing and intentional healing. One happens gradually by the fading memories of pain, all the while forgetting the original design of freedom. Freedom is not given to us by a fading memory of a pain. Freedom is given to us by remembering every day how much it was to be in bondage. We confine ourselves in the healing process by forgetting the pain of falling and scraping the knee, in the meantime, forgetting the joy we had riding the bike. Are you with me? Probably June got kicked off, got done something, fell off a horse, I can't remember something. Got scared of something. I'm, as a dad, I'm watching. Because her determination to face the giant again puts her in a place where it might happen again. So many of us in our Christian walk won't go there again 
Because we know the pain of that, again, is too much to bear to receive freedom on the other side of mastering it. Too many of us have fallen off the bike, and because of the knee, and because of the bump and bruise, we've forgotten the joy of riding the bike. That's, that's good, Pastor. That's really good, Pastor. Let me introduce you to Tiffany. I want her to come on up. And I want to spend the last few minutes we've got. Um, yeah. And, and here's, what, here's what I want to do. And there's, there's really one point to this um, as we wrap up today. I want you to see in her that A, God is working. And she has given herself into his care. And control. So catch the people up. You are on the heels of a divorce. Yes, I am. What happened? So about two years ago, my husband and I separated. He was like, well, not to be ugly, but he was just like, bye. He left one day. And um, <clears throat> we have a five-year-old daughter. And I was working full-time, full-time student, because I started school in 2015. And we had to move out of the place that we were in because I couldn't afford it on my own. So we moved into a new place, still went to school, still went to work, still was a mama. But I was extremely depressed on the inside and nobody knew, nobody. Nobody even knew, no, there are still people who, there are still people who still don't know we're going through a divorce. Like nobody knew except my family and my close friends because I just still went to work, still, still, still. But inside I was extremely depressed. I ate a lot of my feelings. <laughs> you know, that's what we do. But I was. I was extremely down. Yeah. And so, okay, so so now that we know where you are and what you come to, um, Many of us probably in this room know what that's like right. um, to, to walk through an incredibly hard season yes. of, of just uh, no peace, no rest. Yes. Um, you are a self-described control freak. Yes. And it drove me crazy because I did not have any control. And, you know, in that situation, I couldn't make him come back, couldn't. Didn't know what to pray. Like, I was almost like, I don't know whether to pray for my husband to come back. I don't know whether to pray just to get me through it. I don't know whether to pray for happiness. I don't know whether, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't even know what to say. So you're hitting brick wall yeah. after brick wall. Yeah. A, a person who is, is in need of control of every aspect of their life yeah. will soon find out that they don't have control. At all. And, that, and God, God will just show us that we think we have control of our life, but we really don't. Right. Right. Um, so how did God reveal to you in, a, in so gracious of a way that, Tiffany, I need you to stop trying to control this? Right. Me. right. So um, I just got to the point where I was like, OK, am I going to stay like this and be sad on the inside? Like would get up, go to my classroom in the morning, go early so I could cry. Like, be by myself, not cry in front of my kid. A lot of people that say it was my allergies, just like a wreck, but faking it. You know what I'm saying? So it just got to the point where I was like, okay, are you going to stay here? Are you going to stay isolated? Or are you going to try to find joy anyway? Right. Like, 
I had to get to the point and not learn. And, you know, it really harped on me when I started coming to Freedom Church. Like, you have to have joy anyway. Like, you're not always going to be happy. Right now, I can't focus on happiness because I'm not happy. You know what I'm saying? But I also know that I'm not always going to be sad. So in the midst of all of that, I still need to have joy. Once I focus myself on always having joy, it's just like a light went off and it changed and I stopped trying to have control, you know, of the situation that I didn't have any control over anyway. You know, like I don't have any control over anyway, but it's time that I tell myself I don't have any control and let God take over. And that's, that's what happened. And when I did that, boom, he started showing out. So he definitely started showing out. I was telling Pastor Tim and I told first service that, like I said, I've been in um, school since 2015 and there, uh, I'm on a preschool team. There's four classes. There was a lady in a class, and she knew her first year. She was like, I ain't staying in here. I'm not doing this past three years. So I was like, ding, ding, ding. Okay, Tiffany, this is your chance. You need to get this classroom, okay? So I called all three of my advisors and was like, what do I need to do to graduate a year early? They were like, you cannot graduate a year early. I'm it's like, impossible, right? it's impossible because it was tripling, tripling, doubling, back to back to back. So um, all my classes are eight weeks long. That would mean taking three eight-week classes, which would normally take me 24 weeks to take me, do them all three in eight weeks, then do it again, then double, then student teach. And I begged and begged. And I remember I was on Brownlee track, and I was crying to my advisor, please, please please, you know what I'm saying? And she was like, okay, well, you need to ask permission, write a letter, say you know what you're getting yourself into because this is going to be 40 hours a week worth of schoolwork, 40 hours a week worth of your regular job and everything else you have. So if you're going to do it and you, and you got to keep a good GPA while you do it. So something in you was saying, I, yeah, I can do this. It was the pain because I knew how I felt. I knew how down I had been. I knew how hurt I had been. I knew how broke I was. I knew how hard it was taking care of my child. And that pushed me to be like, you've got to do this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I got to do it. Like, I have to. So, as she said, it sucked. And it was bad. And after that, after that second triple, I was burned out. Like, don't, was living off spark. I don't know if y'all drink spark. Living off coffee, living off pre-workout every day because I was staying. I was doing homework at nap time. I was doing homework at when my child went to sleep. I was staying up to three o'clock in the morning. I was doing homework. I got. I was starting to get to work early so I could do homework. Like it was. It was taking taking on my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I knew, I knew, I knew I was like, if I'm going through all of this, God is going to show out. I was like, I just got to do, I got to, I got to, you know, I at least got to present the chance. And there was no guarantee that I would get this job, mind you. But I knew that I had to put myself in a position to, to be able to do it. You know, did it, it sucked, but I did it, graduated in April, this past April with honors, got certified. Um, you know, thank you. So then I'm like, okay, I, I go to my principal. We had already discussed this. Me and my principal discussed this at the beginning of the year. She was like, this will be a good fit. Good, good, good. So she comes to me. Now, in the last six years, nobody has been certified coming into this room. Nobody. So they just hire a regular ed teacher and you have three years to get certified. This year that I want this job that I busted my butt for, five other people that apply are, are certified for this job. Five. So that's the first thing my principal came to me with. I was like, 
all right, well, I got a plan, okay? So I'm, I'm basically telling God, okay, well, you're in control, but I'm going to help you. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take, I'm, I'm going to take two or three weeks off of undergrad and I'm jumping right into my master's. I'm going to get it in sped. I already got my classroom three, theme made out. These little babies are going to be Miss Matoire's movie stars. I got this. I got this. This is going to work. Okay. Principal comes to me again. Okay. So both your parents opened up a new school. Okay. And they're going to be next to the base in Houghton and they're going to take some of our children. So you may not get this job because I have to get rid of some teachers and I might have to offer them this position before I offer it to you because you're a parent. Okay. All right. That ain't going to work. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cried, went home and cried, didn't cry in front of nobody, didn't tell anybody, didn't bring it up cried you know I told my my family or whatever and so I was like you know what she was like well I just want you to know just in case you want to apply to other places blah 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 blah. I'm like all right yeah yeah yeah. never did never did had all intentions to apply to other places I did I never did never I said you know what I'm not worried about it my child's gonna be here I'm gonna be here I have a job anyway God's gonna make it work he's gonna take care of me um so that happened and through it all God showed me little bitty things along the way to let me know that he was in control like little signs that this is for you this is for you I got you chill so my principal tells me well your master's in sped won't get you certified for this room I said come on I got so mad and I left this out of first service I got so mad I was at work I went to my car I had a whole breakdown in the car I was like what I mean like there is no, I thought I was done I finished school I did what I was supposed to do I did my part why are you not showing me yeah. like why don't I feel the bottom of this pool like I'm supposed to like I feel like I should I emailed my I emailed my advisor and was like I need a break I'm not gonna jump into this program I need a break I'm having a mental <laughs> breakdown she was like it's fine take some time but that was just me trying to be in control you know what I'm saying like okay I'm pushing I got faith but let me help you because you're not showing me what I want you to show me. Right, you know what I'm saying? You know, you know, so all five. And then I had a team member that did not want me to get this job. She um, wanted her friend to get it. She didn't work. She didn't work there. She wanted a friend to get it. That was against me. She told me that she was sped certified. She was like, oh, yeah, she's going to hire her. She's sped certified. You're not. You're not going to get it. She told other people that it crushed me because, you know, what I'm saying it's like that's my team. Everything, every mountain, every wall, every lie, all of them. So the summer rolls around. I don't get my master's in sped. I did start Thursday, but it's an educational leadership. <laughs> I had to take a step back. Um, teacher appreciation week rolls around, and my parents are giving me all these gifts. They're like, congratulations on graduating. Blah, blah, blah. We want to give you stuff for your room. Well, they're giving me all this, like, tropical stuff, pineapple stuff. I'm like, I told my cousin, I said, I can't use none of this. Like, this ain't going with my theme that I have for my class. What am I going to do with this pineapple stuff? Why are y'all giving me all these bright colors? I literally that day had to be like, Tiffany, you ain't in control, baby. Come on. Mm. This ain't even what got God changing your theme for your classroom. Like, it's the little thing. This man changed my theme for my classroom. What's wrong with the movie stars, Lord? That's what I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, he changed my theme for my. So I said, okay, I'm going to take these things. I'm going to get on Pinterest. We're going to have a tropical pineapple classroom next year. But this classroom (laughs) is going to be mine. I don't care what it is. Summer rolls around. I get certified as a teacher. Whoop, whoop. And my principal calls me in. 
She said, I have to interview you just like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? It's just fair. And so I go in and she opens the door and she has this whole denim dress covered in pineapples on. Couldn't make it up. I started crying. She was like, what's wrong? I'm like, I will tell you later. But the woman had a pineapple dress on. Like, I'm like, for real, God? Like, you really showing out? And I got the job. So, I said all that to say that through a divorce, through your partner leaving you, you know what I'm saying? Through being a single mama, through moving, through 40 to 50 hours of work, through crying, through lying, through depression, through school, through every single lie that, you know, even a person that I work with told, like every wall. New school, everything. God showed me that in my test, there would definitely be a testimony. He showed me along the way. He showed me at the end. He showed me in the beginning. I knew it was God. Like, coordinators start talking to me like, do you have all your stuff together? Blah, 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 blah. Are you prepared? Are you ready? They had never said anything to me. I've been a parent for four years. I'm like, who are you? You know what I'm saying? But he showed me along the way. I had to let go. I had to trust him and I had to have perseverance and it sucked and it was hard and I was the brokest I've ever been and I was at one point I was the saddest I had ever been in my life in the last three years the last three years have been the hardest three years of my life you know but I'm in a new season and look how he showed out like look how he showed out and I told them this morning I was like how Am I going to share with y'all my testimony without a test to share y'all? You know what I'm saying? To tell you, I can't tell you, hey, look at me. I'm all sparkly clean now without telling you how dirty I was for the last three three years. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't anything I felt I was doing wrong. It wasn't that I was out there being disobedient. It It was just me trying to control God. And me trying to help him and me, you know, but it was all of that. And it was every ounce of pain and it was everything I went through that pushed me to this side where I am now. Yeah. 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 So good. So when you say there's no shadow. None. Not a single lie. There's no wall. No lie. And I know y'all thinking she's such a crybaby, but the thing is, I know that my tears used to be from sadness, and now they because God good, you know. And I do, I do find myself getting overwhelmed more, and I and I know that through all of this, I'm a different person. Like I'm a different worshiper. I'm a different mama. I'm a different so Tiffany. Good. I'm a different teacher. You know what I'm saying? Because I've learned to appreciate. Everything that he even brought me through wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it different, wouldn't, wouldn't do it different, learned lessons, changed my mindset, like, there's not too many things that could get me upset now, you see what I'm saying, like, there's just not, like, through it all, I'm gonna have joy. If on my sad days, I'm going to have joy. On my happy days, I'm going to have joy. And on my happy days, I'm going to be like, there are going to be some sad days, so you better have joy. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's changed who I am as a believer. It's changed my faith in him because now I know. 
because I was in the trenches relying on my village for like gas like please keep my child like please you know what I'm saying like please help me buy tissue help me buy food help me do this he always placed somebody there he always worked through somebody to help me but even then through those people it was still him so I know that he'll bring me through. I know we will. You know what I'm saying? And it's a difference where you expect and you know. Like, I know he going to do it because he didn't did it. You know what I'm saying? And I know he going to do it again. You know, and now I'm prepared. Now it ain't going to be no eating my emotions. <laughs> Sitting up inside it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now there's not going to be, oh, I'm in this dark place. Right. And I'm going to stay there and I'm going to stay isolated. Like, right. that's not going to be, you know, I'm just going to push through. Ooh. Okay. So I got to close on this because it's straight from her mouth. She was made a better her because of the endurance and the perseverance. Because that's what produces character. And I just want to pray us into that today. I want to pray for you and I want to pray for what God's going to do. But I want to, I want to pray us into, into character today. If the word says that endurance and perseverance will make me a better person, character, then I want it. Yeah. Because character is going to make me more hopeful in my situation that I know we're coming. Yeah. But I got character now and I got hope on my side. Yeah. Father, we bless you. And every person in this room. God, I pray that we will open up and let perseverance do the work. That you'll wake us up in the morning and get us in the Word. That you'll, before we go to bed tonight, we'll turn our affections to you, Lord. And not to any old screen. But God, that we would get our mind and our heart right together. God, that you would produce in us character. God, and some character.